0: Hello everyone, I'm excited to welcome you to Live Healthy Naturally, where we flip the dialogue about health and wellness in terms of what your body can do on its own, and your ability to heal from many so-called lifelong diseases. I'm your host, Dr. Samir Sridharan, I'm a naturopathic doctor practicing out of Dallas, Texas, and I'm also the founder of Hygiore Homeopathy and Hygiore Holistic Retreat. Are you ready to hear the stories of healing and the many journeys of people's healing from autism, autoimmune conditions, and many more? Then listen on.
1: Hello, Saraswati. Hi there again, Sonia. (laughs) Thank you for joining (laughs) me again to share your
0: son's story about his enlarged tonsils and allergies, I wanted to invite you back here because that's another one that has been a lot of kids actually suffer from. A lot of kids also deal with other consequences of that problem. So I wanted to invite you back here to talk about that and help our listeners understand that even these kinds of things can be healed and surgery is not your only option.
1: So thank you for coming back. My pleasure. It's always great to, you know, be here and share our stories because it's a great story. Yes. The healing obviously is a great story. So yes. I'm glad to be here. So if you have not heard Saraswati's
0: story of healing, then I really encourage my listeners to go back and listen to our first episode. That was her story. And today she's here to share her son's story. So we won't go back to. All of the entire history as well, all over again, just so we can spare our listeners same things. Taraspathi's story is also a fantastic story of healing from thyroid disease and also hives, allergic reactions. So I would highly encourage you to go back and you know to the first episode and listen to that uh, first episode of the interviews, not the first episode of our podcast, just so I'm clear. And that would be a fantastic one to listen to as well. Because allergies are so common and in terms of arctic things that are like allergic reactions on the skin is so much common nowadays as well. And we see so many patients with those things and how you can heal too if you have something like that and you don't have to live with them. That's something that I want to tell you. And one more thing that I would also like to point out too that has been interesting is I've been noticing this pattern of people with thyroid issues also having arctic
1: Hmm, that's interesting
0: yes and that's not something that we covered in our podcast in your interview last time so that's why I wanted to Mm -hmm. mention that as well and it's been interesting because I have quite a bit of people with uh, hypothyroidism that I treat as well as articaria and then a lot of them come to me with articaria you know or allergic reaction and they don't necessarily Mm -hmm. think that they are coming in for treatment for also hypothyroidism But then, you know, in their history, I'll also see that they have hypothyroidism. And it's been an interesting thing. I I really didn't necessarily see the connection before or Mm -hmm. think that there was a connection before. But of course, you know, every skin condition is really the result of the gut. And if you have heard my other Mm -hmm. interviews or the podcast itself, you would know that the gut is literally the beginning and end of pretty much everything. And the more (laughs) we actually focus on our gut, the better our health will be. And the less we focus on it, the less we take care of it, the worse right. our health will be. So Saraswati, so tell me what was going on with your son before you started on this healing journey? For sure. Sure.
1: I guess I'm kind of quite grateful for, for all of that because you know otherwise I wouldn't have found you. So, you know, we moved to Dallas in 2014, you know, from uh, Bloomington near Chicago mm-hmm. uh, in Illinois. So, <clears throat> you know, it was a pretty, I guess, weather change for him. He was about just a, over a year old, mm-hmm. but he stayed home for, you know, because my, my parents were here. He pretty much stayed home till the end of the year. So he was okay at that time. Mm-hmm. Of course, we were using dairy and other things at that time. We were not vegan. But. I went to India and I came back and then he started going to the daycare Mm -hmm. and the day he started, I guess from the next day onwards, he started having running nose and he was like kind of pretty heavy, like breathing in in terms of breathing. he was pretty heavily breathing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I didn't know all these things at that time. Mm -hmm. I just thought, you know, he was getting allergies because it's uh, Dallas and people said that, you know, Dallas has a lot of allergies and that's how he got reacted. So I just kind of kept taking to a regular pediatrician and, you know, they would like Sometimes they said he was wheezing. So they do that nebulizer treatment and all of that. Mm -hmm. And there was one time they called him asthmatic. Okay. And that broke my heart. He was not even like two years old and people are calling him asthmatic. And I mean, coming from India where I've seen like old people like having asthma attacks, you know, where they are coughing and they're having trouble breathing. Mm -hmm. I just, it was, I mean, heartbreaking for me to see a two-year-old, like less than two years old to actually go through that. And I was like, there should be something else. I mean, there should obviously be something else that can help him not, become like an asthmatic person you know and it's it's not right I mean I just didn't feel right going to a regular pediatrician so
0: so did you also at that point in time when he was getting sick often since he started going to the daycare was Mm -hmm. he also given medications for that like you know was he given antibiotics was he given you know antihistamines what was other things that he was given before he was diagnosed with asthma
1: so when he had fever or anything like that, they did give him antibiotics really? like amoxicillin or whatever the you know the antibiotic was. And but when he had this wheezing and all of that, they gave him like FloNase or uh-huh. those nasal sprays, I believe, right. for the and allergies.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: and. Claritin and you know all that other I don't even remember the names anymore because right. you know it's been so long since I went to that island any store in town so it's wonderful I, that you don't really have
0: to remember all of those things anymore because absolutely you don't need those things anymore but I do want absolutely to interject here and uh, mm-hmm. you know share this with our listeners because so many times this happens to so many children and that's also the reason why I invited you to share this story Because so many children start off like very young, their parents have a pediatrician and they take the child to the pediatrician from the get-go because they want to make sure that their child is well taken care of, is healthy, Mm -hmm. healthier than even them possibly. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's the reason why they start going there. But then the child actually gets sick and they get a number of vaccines as well to prevent infections, but then they get other infections. They get you know, runny Mm -hmm. nose, ear infections, they'll get strep throats. You know, they get all of these different infections and they are medicated. They are given antibiotics from very young. And if you've Mm -hmm. heard my podcast before, or if you didn't, you should go back and listen to all the other episodes because it's very important, is how important our gut flora is, how important our gut health is. And when the gut health is destroyed by the use of these antibiotics, it takes two years after one course of antibiotic, for Mm -hmm. it build the flora back again for the body to bounce back it takes two years after one course of antibiotic and I really really want to reiterate this so strongly because so many children are getting way too many antibiotics than they need it's not like life-threatening illnesses there are so many natural alternatives available to you Mm -hmm. and I even direct you to go to our website if you don't know anything about it and there are free resources in there and I encourage you to listen to it see it there are protocols there that you can use to treat your children at home first and become the master of treating acute illnesses at home and even I have my naturopathic medicine course for mothers and fathers really to try and treat most things at home by themselves for their children as well as you know their entire family so I give these resources and encourage people to do this because we could really prevent so many of the things that Saraswati had to endure with her child if we knew better. If we know better and do things better early on, we don't have to go through all of these things that she did. So when the child was given antibiotics, what it does is it actually destroys the gut flora. And not only does it destroy the gut flora, but another thing that it also does is it actually paves way for fungus and other things that is not necessary for it to be in the gut. To grow and flourish, and then they produce toxic metabolites that get out of the gut and into the blood. And now the immune system starts reacting to it by producing histamine, and that's what comes up as either nasal allergies or it comes up as respiratory issues, asthma, and so on and so forth. And without looking at that aspect of it at all, what is done more is antihistamines, and antihistamines like Zyrtec, Claritin. All of these things, yes, they quench the histamine, but they don't, really do histamine. Anything. they don't really do anything to the production of histamine that's coming from the gut. So mm-hmm. until that's not done, they will keep producing histamine. And that's the reason why people have to be on histamine and clarity for the rest of their life. Or, you know, whenever mm-hmm. the season actually changes, whenever there is too much of pollen or whenever there is an trigger factor that comes into play, mm-hmm. they actually seem to need it. So I... Urge all of the listeners to really, really understand this aspect of it. Asthma, allergies, you know, lymphatic issues, skin conditions are not conditions of those organs. They are conditions of your gut. And thank you uh for sharing that, Saraswati, because that's very helpful to know what had happened in his case and how it was like a process, right? You know, we always draw yeah. time to see what had happened, and it always right. had a process. They get sick first because mm-hmm. they're exposed to new things, but we don't know how right. to tackle them. Then we give them antibiotics. Then after yeah. that, they actually develop more infections, more antibiotics. Mm-hmm. After that, more infection and not only infections.
1: Now it's like allergies right. as well. And, right. asthma. And you know, this just cycle goes on and on and on. Right. Absolutely. I, I do remember, you know, I think one of the times when I mentioned antibiotic, you actually told me that it's like, how when you set a wild fire in a forest, mm-hmm. how everything gets destroyed and how long does it take to come back into becoming green and forest again? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happens to the gut when you give an antibiotic. Yeah. I mean, I, I have shared that with so many people yeah. in my life, just that you know, one analogy because it, it gives them an idea of what exactly they're doing. I mean, yes. yeah. yeah. And and hopefully they, they, they took that. Yeah, I hope so too. And that's yeah. the why you know, yeah. we keep sharing these
0: things. <clears throat> Uh, most mm-hmm. people don't realize that because they are given antibiotics so easily. And even many right. patients, despite being treated, despite being mm-hmm. you know educated on these things, they'll still go out and get an antibiotic because they don't even think twice about it. And I right. have some patients from India, which is even worse. Mm-hmm. They actually get antibiotics from India and keep it at home. And any time right. they actually notice any symptom. They don't even mm-hmm. actually go to the doctor or get a prescription. They just take the antibiotics themselves. Yeah. About, I mean, the amount. And then we wonder why right. we don't really have health anymore as much. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it makes also, total sense. Another thing that also happens nowadays that I want to also mention is that there is so much of antibiotics in our water. The water that we drink, mm-hmm. you know, and that's also okay. the reason why we want to be drinking you know reverse osmosis water or distilled water even even though that's not Mm -hmm. ideal unfortunately we don't have ideal life conditions you know we have to do the best condition and that's one of the biggest reasons why i often tell people that you need to drink different water different you know water is so Mm -hmm. medicinal sometimes and it can be therapeutic if we use the elements of the earth to give Mm -hmm. us but if you also use that right. in the wrong way, then we would be using it in the wrong way. So we can get antibiotics from that source as well. And another aspect of it mm-hmm. that I want to point out is the chlorine and fluoride in the water, which also act mm-hmm. as antibiotics, because you think about it, right? What does chlorine do in the pool? And it that cleanses
1: the system. water. Yeah, it
0: it kills right. and keeps it to a low Everything. level. And that's exactly right. what happens in our water. So why do they add chlorine to our water to be able to keep the pathogenic code yeah. low so that it becomes potable? Yeah. So, but the problem with that is because mm. it is an antibiotic, it also kills the gut flora on a regular basis. And so that's also the reason why right. we have to take probiotics so much these days. There are so that many sources sense. of it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah.
1: makes and then, sort of sense.
0: Uh, with sense.
1: So, I mean, I guess, you know, I was looking for alternatives and I mean, my dad, like I think I mentioned in the first podcast, you know, he has been a homeopathic, you know, and I have lived with the homeopathic remedies for a while, for a long time, you know, when Mm -hmm. I was, you know, with my parents, of course. So, so I, I was kind of thinking like, there should be something in homeopathy, you know, there's nothing that it can, that cannot be treated in that. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful medicine or Ayurveda for that matter. So I was looking, you know, I was like searching and then I found your website. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, great! You know, there is there is a homeopath here in in Dallas. You know, I've never knew, I've never known. I guess you know in Bloomington, I never found one even. Uh-huh. So uh then I contacted you. I think I had a free consultation at that time. You know, uh, you offered free consultation. So I talked to you, <laughs> uh, and I think when I talked to you, I my are for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, not anymore. You're you are way too busy now. You know, it's it's hard to get an appointment. So you know, like within a month, or you know, I guess sometimes I get lucky, which is great, uh, yeah. but. Uh, you know, you you, you were just starting up, I guess, in Dallas, you know, moved from Vegas at that time. So so I talked to you and I think at that time, my son was actually having like that, I think they said hand, foot and mouth disease. Uh That's what they called it because he had like little bumps on his hands and feet and I think some in his mouth and Uh I talked to you then, but you know, I guess I was on my way to the pediatrician at that time and you Uh said, you know, we can treat it, but I need to first see him, you know, just Uh to be able to see what exactly is happening. Uh And, uh, you know, I understand homeopathy where you actually look at the as a whole but the system as a whole rather than just the symptoms so you know then then I you know the pediatrician said it's viral it'll probably go away so I waited for it to go away and then I took an appointment with you I came and saw you and then you said well the first thing we need to do is build his immune system Mm -hmm. the first thing is you know I mean no matter what uh, symptoms allergies and all of the problems that he has been facing the first thing said is we need to build his immune system Mm -hmm. so you put him I think for a year on like selenium and aloe vera juice and sovereign silver and all of those things. And I mean, I could see the progress as I was starting to give him that, you know, within like a few months, I could see that. I mean, he was still getting allergies and, you know, like, you know, cold and all of that. But it wasn't severe, like, you know, where I had to actually rush to the, uh, you know, the urgent care or something where he had to give be given a breathing treatment. Mm-hmm. And you said, you know, even with nebulizer, I could use the sovereign silver instead of the mm-hmm. albatrol, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't even remember names anymore, right. but, but right. I guess that's what the one. So instead of that, and, you know, I started doing that to him the moment I saw some... Mm-hmm. Um, cold or allergy you know thing I would do that to him and that would actually you know make him feel better I think within a year I mean I saw so much progress it's like you know when I mean, he used to still get Mm -hmm. some sort of allergy allergic reaction or something but it wasn't like how he was before and his breathing you know that improved so well I mean Mm -hmm. I think he has a tongue tie so he still kind of breathes with his mouth but Mm -hmm. his nasal congestion and all of that heaviness and breath that Mm -hmm. decreased to a great extent like almost like 80% gone and I mean I I was just amazed you know and I was like so happy like
0: yeah, there is another aspect to all of this. Unfortunately, in his case, he has the tongue tie. And I want to share this with our listeners as well is how the tongue tie you know, is something that you want to look out for in babies. And they used to customarily uh, cut tongue tie off at birth for people. So the midwives used to deliver the baby and they used to actually have on their left pinky finger the nail that used to be cleaned and they used to just cut it, cut it, cut it. You know, as the baby comes out, they'll just cut it and Mm -hmm. then the baby will be washed and, you know, taken care of. So they used to do that customarily because a lot of children had tongue ties. And now we see a lot Mm -hmm. of children who have tongue ties as well, but most parents Mm -hmm. don't know that and they don't look for it until there is any kind of speech delay or speech issues, right? That's the only time when parents look at, Oh, is something going on with the tongue? Is there something structural going on? But it's not just about speech alone. And in his case, right. your son's case as well, yeah. the tongue tie has contributed to his breathing issues as well. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, him keeping his mouth open. And not only that, along with all of that, his tonsils got enlarged. And this is something right. that a lot of people, a lot of children, deal with. And mm-hmm. when tonsils get enlarged, they get strep throats often as well. And then they get more antibiotics. And then eventually, Mm -hmm. until they have to get their tonsils and or adenoids removed. So in his case, we found that too, right? You know, for him, found that his tonsils were enlarged. When I was treating him, you know, to strengthen his immune system and to heal his Mm -hmm. asthma, we also found Mm -hmm. that he had tonsils enlarged. And the most amazing part is that, we were able to heal it without surgery, isn't it? Absolutely.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's the most incredible thing. Yes, that we yes. didn't need
0: surgery. And I know that so many parents out there think that that is the only option. Like if you do right. surgery, the tonsil will not be able to go back to normal size. I mean, it's like it just became right. bigger and there's nothing else that can be done other than surgery. Right. it wasn't the case with Simranj. It did yes. take a little bit of time, but now his tonsils are completely you know normal
1: yeah right
0: so what's happening after that I mean
1: did you get his tongue tie revised uh not yet so when I went to the dentist that's when I kind of learned that he has a tongue tie mm-hmm. and it means and that's why you know his uh, the mouth palate I think the upper palate of his mouth is like like a mountain like it's higher mm-hmm. and which is what I guess you know you said is is causing his adenoids to be right. congested or yes. like narrow Yes,
0: I believe so it's not it's enlarged as well as the tonsils were enlarged and because of that okay. the airway was very small
1: very small
0: and that happens with all of the kids who have tongue ties and that also what other thing that happens also with kids with tongue tie mm-hmm. is that their teeth start are mm-hmm. overcrowding or you know their right. especially doesn't grow and he also right. had to have uh, you know ex- an expander, expander in, right? right so right. listeners if you have babies if you have mm-hmm. children that are young enough you know look for tongue tie you know there are holistic dentists that you can mm-hmm. actually go to regular dentists probably won't do anything about it or say anything there are some dentists that right. But most dentists don't. So holistic dentists do recognize that and they'd be able to even do a tongue tie revision. Or even at Mm. birth, it's a good idea to look for those things and check if it is there to get it revised then and there itself. So that so many things that Mm. we'll deal with eventually can be prevented.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I used to go to a regular dentist, you know, in, in the beginning for him, you know, for like cleansing the teeth, cleaning and all of that. And I mean, nobody ever said anything to me. All they said was if they're too crowded, because they were pretty close and crowded. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, you know, as he starts losing teeth and getting his permanent teeth, you know, we could do braces after he's done. I was like, right. uh, I mean, I didn't know better either at that time, right? right? I think I had a conversation with you. And then I, when I went to another dentist, you know, that's when they educated me about his like, oh, so there are actually alternatives to right. expanding the jaw and keeping it, you know, healthier rather than having braces where you wait a retainer all your life
0: yes yeah. and it's interesting isn't mm-hmm. it that there is nothing that is done about any of these things either that right. you know, this is and again i often tell my patients that you know your teeth are a part of your body they are not in another country right so don't right. treat it as if you know <laughs> you know like i mean even if it is in another country the soil is actually shared yeah so we shouldn't really right. be treating it that way anyways even the other right shouldn't be treating it that way but you right. know, in our mouth like people go again and get fluoride mm-hmm. in their teeth and what oh, does yeah. fluoride do again it's an anti you know biotic pretty much biotic. It right but we also need good flora in our mouth and not only mm-hmm. that most dentists unfortunately don't give us that as to what can you do to prevent something instead mm-hmm. of just treating it right whether it is cannabis, right right well, just brush your teeth, floss. Okay, that's not enough. There are more things that needs to be done to make sure that there are no cavities, especially if there's mm-hmm. a history or past history of cavities. And then on top of it, you right. have overcrowding. What can you do ahead of time instead of looking at airway, right. breathing, and so on and so forth? Just saying, mm-hmm. well, yeah, there is overcrowding. Right. Once he has teeth, we'll put braces. It's just no way of exactly. actually
1: doing treatment. Right. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I didn't know about fluoride until very recently, right? Like three to four years, because when I used to go to dentist, they would put the fluoride and then you swish it in the mouth and you throw it. I'm like, "Oh, that's healthy." I mean, it's like we just believe when we go to a doctor, right. you know, whatever they say, thing because the expectation is that they know better right. than than us. I mean, that's the whole point, right? But but then after I learned how all of these things affect, you know, then I was like, "What did I do to myself and to my kids right. all these years?" But I guess it was out of ignorance; it was not intentional. So so now because you know we know better. I try to do better and actually, you know, consult you and, you know, try to ask you is like, Hey, what do I do in this certain situation? So definitely, you know, it's, it's a big change. And also
0: another thing to point out too, is how flu- fluoride and uh, chlorine also affects iodine absorption or causes iodine depletion contributing to hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally right. it's like all <laughs> the things that we have or seems yeah. to be so common, allergies, Seems to be so common hypothyroidism. You know, all of these things are so much interconnected from the foods that we eat, from the water that we drink, from going to the dentist for cleaning and trying to prevent using toothpaste that has, you know, fluoride, just fluoride, yes. Everything that we do thinking that we are gonna prevent things
1: causes the same problem trying to prevent. Exactly. And I think for me, the connection from like how the teeth are connected to internal like organs in the body, I think thermogram, I think was the, you know, the biggest eye opener for me is like, Oh, wow, there is so much connection between teeth and the rest of the organs. I mean, no one ever speaks about that. Honestly, I mean, I'm like, how are we not looking at a body holistically? You know, that I think that was the biggest eye opener for me when I first did the thermogram. And ever since that, I literally fell in love with that test. I mean, it's like I'm not going anywhere else, I'm not doing any other test unless you tell me to. But yes. it's just a thermogram, you know, it's a, such a holistic test, yes. And it really is a functional test, too. It tells you even before you have, cavities. Right. and that's the best part oh, yeah. it. It you before you even have
0: cavity, so you can actually prevent cavity. Right. I haven't seen anything yes. that will do that, you know. And uh, right, so I'm right. definitely grateful that you know that actually shows us that even when the dentist yes. there's nothing, I'm like, nope, there is something going on. Gum right <laughs> line, you know, there is gum infection right. going on. Let's do something about it now, so that right. we have to deal with cavities later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. And tell me about how is it, you know, for him now? How is his health now? And how do you do? things differently like when was the last time he had to take an antibiotic or when was the last time he had to use nebulizer is he still asthmatic what is
1: happening with his life so I have not used an antibiotic for neither of my kids or for myself you know in general in the family there is no antibiotic concept at all in the last six seven years I guess since you since I saw you whenever that was you know so I have not given it I mean I think when I went to India, people have prescribed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the moment I go to India and, you know, they get sick, at least I know now when there's a food allergy, what to give them mm-hmm. to kind of heal that. Uh, so you've been educated in taking care of them. And Correct. in the last six years, you have been
0: yeah. able to, obviously your kids are still kids and obviously they yes. get sick sometimes. It's not like they right. you know, don't get sick at all. But you have become empowered in a way that you don't you need to. Mm-hmm. take antibiotics so that's wonderful Correct. i wanted to ask that specific question because mm-hmm. a lot of people cannot think that's possible it's a absolutely shift that needs to oh happen. yeah
1: yes. oh yeah absolutely i mean my first go-to is always homeopathic remedy mm-hmm. and i go into the hygeia app and you know look for those if if I'm confused as to what exactly to give, I look for those. If not, I send you an email, mm-hmm. you know, asking if I'm, if it's like a complex situation, right. Where are there right. like 10 things happening and I don't know which remedy right. would calm them all down. That's when I send you an email and consult you for that. But mm-hmm. usually if it's like little ones, like cough or something, you know, based on, whatever knowledge I've acquired from, you know, your trainings and your teachings, I just go to those. And, you know, based on that, I kind of give the medication, You know, like recently, my husband actually got COVID. And, you know, based on the cough symptoms that he had, I actually kind of gave him like, I think Kali bike or something like that, you know, to kind of treat his phlegm, you know, the mucus related cough and stuff, and it actually got better. So, you know, I feel like, you know, all your classes and education that you have been, you know, like, sharing with us, I think, you know, helped immensely, you know, at least for me to grow, Into a holistic path. That's wonderful. I mean, and so he's
0: not asthmatic anymore. He hasn't have have any surgeries to remove his tonsils. No.
1: No, and I mean he's he's having fantastic. I mean, he still gets like cold and sometimes nasal congestion, you know, and all of that. But I now that I know what to give him, and you know how to treat that I don't really take him to a doctor I mean like any other doctor besides you mm-hmm. um, I mean there have been days where I had to take him to like a pediatrician because he was running fever for a while and I just mm-hmm. didn't know what to give him and all of that but it's only to know what is going on so yeah. that I can give the remedy mm-hmm. like you know if, if it was strep and sometimes I couldn't tell what it was right. strep or not so right. I would take him just to get him tested and mm-hmm. then I give him the remedy coming back home <laughs> but not the antibiotic that they prescribed. I wouldn't go to Walgreens to pick that up at yeah. all. Yeah, I mean I think these happen when you are not in town and where you're not available like over the weekends and things like that. And this was like like what, maybe two, three years ago that I didn't know how to treat it. But mm-hmm. now someone says throat pain immediately they help ourselves and I go to help ourselves and give them that. Exactly. And and then, you know, like prevent even getting the, the fever stage, right? Like give right. the body what it needs to heal without, you know, having to raise the temperature of the body. Yes. So and even when it does raise the temperature of the body, that's right. a good thing
0: because good thing. Fever- right is for healing the body is for the temperature to kill right. the virus or the bacteria and to mm-hmm. try and re- reduce it so uh
1: do you give them Tylenol and Ibuprofen to reduce nope. fevers you do not know. at all not okay. at all yeah I mean usually my go-to's are like belladona aconite or gelsemium based on the symptoms they have and what kind of fever they have sometimes I just give them vitamin c and d2 unless you know it's really bothering them I don't try to give them anything yeah, so, so we don't really need yeah. to
0: treat the fever. We always treat right. the underlying problem, and that's mm-hmm. again another important thing that I wanted to reiterate here, is because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't necessarily think that you know immediately. We we have been so conditioned to believe that fever is bad,
1: right? right. The
0: fever and treat it, right? Stop, right? It. But then yeah. you're the illness, correct? Okay, right. Body not detoxify. So Absolutely. and again, yeah. Here is an example for you my audience that if she can do it you can do it you know if she has two kids and she's been able to not give them any antibiotics or any painkillers or any kind of fever reducers for five to six years and the longer she has actually stayed away from it the more she Mm -hmm. learns and the better she's able to apply herself and the knowledge that she has received to take care of her own family and I see her kids less and less and less now and that, that is, is very the goal of treatment, really, to be yes. able to empower them so that you don't need to see them I, you know, <laughs> after a point in time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is true.
0: Yeah. So anything else that you want to share with our listeners today?
1: Not really. I think later on, I think there were some gut issues. I think you did kind mm-hmm. of address with him because mm-hmm. he was very gassy and you know um, mm-hmm. I think I mean he had bowel moments but then I think it was very gassy and you know so I think we treated that as well okay. and so I when do was... we usually treat this this is important as
0: well noticed. is this that we don't actually treat it once somebody has pain we treat it when they are gassy we treat it when mm-hmm. they are constipated we yeah right fix it before it becomes a problem and most Mm -hmm. people are constipated or gassy and they don't even think twice about it it's no big deal they just live with it they deal with it but you shouldn't really deal with it that's the language of your Mm -hmm. body it's trying to tell you and as Saraswati is sharing that when he was gassy we actually treated it because the gut needs cleansing from time to time and if you don't do cleansing from time to time sometimes life gets in the way and we mm-hmm. Forget that we need to do it. It's been a few months and we haven't done anything. The body right. has to tell us by producing excessive gas or constipation.
1: Right. So, but I think other than that, I think since his immune system was, you know, built up the one year, I think, you know, all other problems that made him like to be called an asthmatic or any other respiratory issues that you've had you know he has had that never came up so thank you so much Saraswati for coming in again today and sharing your story
0: about your son and his healing journey and all the things that you have learned and how you are actually applying all the things that you have learned in your own life and your children's life I
1: love 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 stories like this absolutely it's my pleasure to be here and share my story and you know, my family story with you, because uh, hopefully it'll help a lot of people and uh, have them change their path as well. Yes, and that's exactly the reason why we do it. So
0: thank Mm -hmm. you everyone for listening. I appreciate your time here with me. I know you have things to do and places to be. I love that you gave me this time to listen to me and Saraswati. So I will catch you in two weeks with another healing story. And until then... You can share our stories with so many people who might benefit from it. Give us some love and uh, follow us, subscribe to our channel so you can, you know, get updates and get, you know, notifications whenever a new episode comes up. And um, I will talk to you soon. Thank you.